Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, if you haven't seen rain yet, stand by. It's on its way. A 100% chance of rain in the forecast today. No sunshine, only clouds. 61 are expected high. Tomorrow, we've got sunshine back in the forecast, but the temperatures dissipate. 46 are expected high. We'll be talking weather with Stu Muck in just a little bit. Also, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, catching up with us on how the markets are trading for Tuesday. That's happening this morning as well. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. The numbers regarding farm income this year are all over the place, but they're all over the place down. Government payments, what we're getting from the CFAP program and others, are keeping it uh, somewhere close to where farmers can continue to manipulate. But it is a pressure-packed industry, Wisconsin agriculture. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. In Wisconsin, most of the pressure we hear about comes from the dairy industry. But, Pam, you talk to people that... uh, talk to farmers that are having pressure put on financially in all areas of the industry. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay. Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The Wisconsin Farm Center hotline was established uh, quite a while ago as agriculture faces uh, ups and downs, whether it's weather-related, whether it's market-related. Now we're in a whole new world with the pandemic. And Jane Krull is now the division administrator in charge of the Wisconsin Farm Center. Now they've got not only the hotline, but they also have added a new service, a 24 hours a day, seven days a week service service that's available primarily for mental health counseling for farmers and their families. Uh, Jane Krull told me that when the pandemic first unfolded earlier this spring, they were handling 5,700 calls in the course of six months' time. You know what? She has seven employees trying to handle that workload. So you talk about stress. It's not just stress on the farm. It's also stress in handling that volume of business for the Wisconsin Farm Center. Caught up with Jane and just asked her to give me an update. How are we doing? How are the call numbers? How are her staff handling their caseloads? Yes, just like just like everybody else in their businesses, we were, we really experienced a big change in the farm center. We typically get call volumes of I would say twenty to thirty calls a day. Our call volume was up in the in the the lower to mid hundreds each day, and we only have essentially like four essential staff that are answering the phones every day. So there was an incredible increase in call volume with farmers wanting to know about the direct aid programs that are out there. Um, what does it all mean? What about uh, milk disposal? All the different types of calls we were getting. So from that period between March and July or August, it was, uh, it was triple the call volume we're used to. Now, what kinds of calls were you getting at that time? I'm going to guess a lot of them with questions on how their markets had been upended. Yes. Uh, they had questions about, uh, 
everything from uh, milk contracting to uh, uh, milk disposal, livestock disposal, um, but a lot of calls on the both the state and federal aid programs as well and trying to navigate through that. So those were the main the main calls, uh, but we also are a resource to other departments as well. So we were able to filter uh, farmers if they needed to talk to someone in animal health or someone in the in, at DHS or at uh, you know all the different agencies within the state and universities. Now your team must have been in transition at that time too, Jane. Uh, how many staff members did you have on the front line? Shall I say uh, at the end of March into April, and then obviously. Uh, because you're a state employee, you all must have had to make some transitioning moves just to keep working in a different spot. Yes, for sure. Uh, we have a staff of, of seven total in the farm center, and four of four excuse me, five of them are in the office. So we had a big change around March 18th. We all worked to uh, to work from home now, and and we're still doing that today. So. Uh, we are not in our state office building like we're used to. So it was a big transition for us. The Farm Center's been around since the late 80s. It was born out of the 80s farm crisis. And our staff certainly weren't used to having to uh, answer calls and emails remotely and, and not work together every day. They're used to standing up from their cubicles and talking to each other about what's going on uh, with their farm calls and what they're hearing. So it was different. We had to move everything to online meetings just like the rest of the world and uh, the biggest challenge for us was our 800 number that we cannot, uh, we weren't able to answer the calls directly at first. So we we would encourage anybody that calls, if we don't answer right away, we, we do call you back very quickly. So please, please do call us and please leave a message if we don't answer. Now, since uh, earlier this spring, obviously things have, uh, I, I won't say improved, Jane, but at least we've got our bearings a little bit more on how we're going to deal with the pandemic and the issues it's presenting. Give me an update now. Fast forward. Your staff has been working uh, remotely for a while. Uh, they've also uh, seen farmers go through a pretty good growing season as far as the weather and even to a certain extent the market conditions are concerned. Update us now on uh, how things are as far as the Farm Center and some new elements that you've been able to add. Yes. Uh, well, the Farm Center, like I said, has been really busy in the last six months. We've, uh, as I said, the call volume had increased. We took 5,700 calls in six months. That's with uh, small staff, and we're certainly not used to that, but our staff has uh, definitely persevered through that and, and helped as many farmers as we can. Uh, we still, um, even though farm dairy producers are seeing, for instance, dairy producers are seeing better prices, um, they're still fearful. Uh, some are facing bankruptcy and foreclosures, machinery being repossessed, resulting in, you know, many farmers are, are dealing with extra stress and anxiety. So sometimes we say in the farm center, we wish more people were aware of us or would call us sooner because sometimes they're they're in such a financial crisis by the time they call us, we're kind of their last resort. And we try to help as much as we can. We've got about 50 active cases going on right now, most mostly with family-owned operations, um, a fair split between financial and succession planning. Um, but a lot of our producers are still experiencing the financial stress from the prolonged low milk prices that they're just not recovering from, even though there's some more optimism among many farms right now. Um, in most of our succession cases, the primary operator is over the age of 60. So um, that's some of the, that's just a peek into what we're dealing with, with our cases that we take on with farms. So if you need any help with farm transition or succession, financial viability, mediation, that type, that's the type of services we handle. So hopefully that gives you a little feel of what we're dealing with. And uh, we still 
continue to help farmers with any um, of the COVID-related programs that are out there uh, with CFAP or um, the Wisconsin Farm Support Program is closed now, but we've, we've been handling a lot of calls with that as well. Sure, sure. Uh, Jane Carl's along with us. She's a coordinator of the Wisconsin Farm Center, housed within normally the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Now uh, her and her staff working remotely, but still providing those services that farms uh, need to tap into when it comes to a lot of elements that can cause stress on the farm. Now, I mentioned that you kind of started a new, a little bit of a new flangey uh, at the Farm Center that uh, you picked up as a tip, so to speak, from Minnesota. Explain that, Jane. Sure. Uh, so as the Farm Center talks to so many farmers every year, we certainly have incre- have noticed the increased anxiety and, and stress that farmers go through every year. That just seems to build and build. And um, we were fortunate that in the Governor Evers' current biennial budget, the legislature approved some funding for farmer mental health. So we're trying to help farmers cope with some of the extra stress and anxiety uni- unique to their occupation We introduced a farmer wellness program with this funding that we currently have. It's a pilot program where we have a 24-7 hotline that is manned by mental health counselors. We also have a specialist here in Wisconsin. Um, She's used to working in the rural areas. She's up in Marinette County. She does telecounseling now online or or, um, over the phone. And then we've got our longstanding counseling voucher program, which we've had for many years, actually, where you can receive vouchers to take to meet face-to-face with a mental health provider in your area. We've got a a network now of 150 counselors throughout the state that um, you can meet with someone face-to-face. So either over the phone, online, or, or in person now, we've got all those options for farmers who just need somebody to talk to. Uh, our farm center staff talk to people all the time that are going through extra anxiety, even some suicidal calls, and we are not licensed mental health professionals. We are definitely a listening ear, but now that we've got actual trained mental health counselors, we're really excited to have this pilot program to test out. Um, The Minnesota factor came in is is that the state of Minnesota has had a longstanding program where they have a rural mental health specialist that works throughout the state. Uh, They've added a second person now, but they're very well known that, that that's been built over several decades. Um, And, uh, you know, that's a really nice program so that when we added this 24-7 line, the mental health counselors, they actually onboarded our Wisconsin counselors for us so that they could understand what kind of calls they're going to receive. Our our counselors do have some farm experience, but not as much, obviously, as our Minnesota rural mental health specialists. So they were able to really give them a a good idea and, and a deep dive into what type of calls they may be experiencing. Uh-huh. So that's that's our connection with Minnesota. They were very open with us about their program, down to logistics and all the details of how they do it. So they were a great example for us to follow. Well, that's wonderful. Is the number to reach that uh, mental health counselor in Wisconsin the same as our hotline, or is there another number that we need to use, Jane? Well, you can you can go through the Farm Center to get there, but if you want to call direct, that 24-7 Wisconsin hotline for, dedicated to Wisconsin farmers is 888-901-2558. Again, it's 888-901-2558. So we hope you'll, you'll give a call. We haven't had the call volume we were hoping for, Pam, but we know they're out there, so please do give the line a call if, if you just want someone to talk to. And like you said, uh, it's a relatively new tool, so hopefully once people find out that it's there, and it is 24 hours, uh, that's uh, something that they can 
kind of tuck away for whenever. Now, going forward, Jane, is there anything else? Uh, like we said, winter is going to be upon us uh, far too quickly here. Anything else in particular that you're coaching your staff up on or you want other people to be aware of, or is it just a matter of call us if you need us? Yeah, um, just call us if you need us. We hope that uh, you'll consider the Farm Center a good resource for you on anything with this crazy year we're having, when anything with the food supply chain, anything. We can be that first point of contact that we can find the right resource for you. But I, specifically to the Farm Center staff, we've got over five decades of experience. Our staff is very knowledgeable. We help with financial and business consultations, succession and transition, mediation. We have actually 30 volunteers throughout the state who help us with that. So if you have legal, financial, or family conflict and you need a mediator, please call us. We've also got a herd-based diagnostics program, a veterinarian on staff that helps us with that. So um, we hope that you'll give us a call. Again, we we uh, sometimes people call us at the last resort and, and um, sometimes they're in such a financial situation that uh, we try to do as much as we can. But if you can call us, uh, the sooner the better. Jane Kroll, she's the administrator of the Wisconsin Farm Center in the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And again, like she said, call them sooner as opposed to later. If you're in any kind of need of help whatsoever, counseling, uh, anything regarding legal, all of it can be handled. The toll-free number, 800-942-2474. They'll answer that during business hours, 800-942-2474. And then there's the Farmer Wellness Hotline that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that number is 888 888- 901-2558. Remember, all conversations are kept absolutely confidential. I'll post this information up on our website as well. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Furnace on the Fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new... You need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. Call AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning in McFarland when you need furnace service. AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning, a neighborly company. Bryant, whatever it takes. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Mmm, need to get some rest. This is the worst headache ever. Mmm, right arm's all tingly all of a sudden. Must have slept on it last night. I keep losing my balance. These old bones need some exercise. Granddaddy, what you just said doesn't even make sense. It sounds like gibberish. Sounds like these could be more than what they seem. They could be a sign of stroke. 
sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty. Now, uh, I'm not sure where you're at, but I'm guessing everybody that can hear my voice is going to pick up some moisture today. Let's talk about it. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. So uh, I'm watching radar this morning. It looks like some of the folks that are in western Wisconsin already putting a pretty good dent in the rain gauge, huh? Oh, boy, I've got lacrosse reporting officially at the airport at least 98 hundredths of an inch. Wow. So, yeah, it's raining, and you look at the radar to see that band of rain from northeast Iowa, southeast Minnesota, right in the lacrosse area, right up through Mauston, up into central and northeast Wisconsin. Some sprinkles starting at Madison right now. I haven't seen one here south of Fond du Lac, but I wouldn't be surprised that it happens pretty soon. Beaver Dam will follow suit. Oshkosh probably having that rain already. It's getting underway today and will continue during the day. Even some thunderstorm possibility in eastern and southern Wisconsin. Mostly just some rain yet remaining out at Mauston and La Crosse. A big difference, though, as a cool front has been pushing through the state, lining up from the Door Peninsula down to south-central, call it southwest Wisconsin, east of that boundary this morning, we're a lot more mild. To the west, it's going to be and stay cooler during the day with that rainy, wet precipitation in store. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, they care about your community like you do. They believe the communities that support their athletes are the true champions. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Copier Financial is proud to support hardworking farmers and their families during this harvest season. As you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world, we want to wish you a safe and bountiful harvest and say thank you for all you do. Give your local Copier team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Copier.com for lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Copier Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender. So we're all going to get wet today in one way, shape, or form, Stu, but nothing severe will we experience? The chance of a thunderstorm that could do something a little strong locally, yes, that does exist. Uh, probably the biggest feature would be some localized heavy rain or so a burst of strong winds. Uh, most of that would happen further east and south. Cloudy skies, showers, even some lingering storms today. Temperatures in the east and south, uh, probably going to head up toward the mid-60s. Lacrosse and Boston falling, getting a little cooler today, back in the 40s or so. And those north winds become a bit variable, eventually turning southwest 5 to 15, gusting around 30. Overnight, mostly cloudy. Rain ends clearing a bit in the far west. 
but temps drop down to around freezing or even into the upper 20s in the west, and the south winds become west 12 to 25, even gusting to 40. Strong winds through the night, then partly sunny on Veterans Day, more sun later on, mid-40s, mostly sunny on Thursday, up around 50 or so, with a nice south breeze, a couple of nice days, Pam, but a small chance of a little rain late Thursday night, and then again as we look toward the weekend. But nothing lumpy. Doesn't sound like a lumpy forecast. Doesn't sound like it yet. Maybe some snowflakes Saturday. Nah, we can deal with that. We can handle that okay. by now. All right. <laughs> All right. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, man. See ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. And part of the reason why I, I'm fairly comfortable with lumpiness coming in this weekend is that Wisconsin farmers have gotten so much of the harvest already buttoned up. And you know what? I'll bring in the details on that before we're all done. And a really nice story as we approach Veteran Day about how farming has become a comfortable niche for one Wisconsin vet. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the central corn belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agricultural organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at midwestfarmreport.com. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. 
be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit more2adhd.com for additional information. That's more2adhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier energy efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert. Call your Carrier factory authorized dealer, RA Heating and Air Conditioning in Evansville. As a business owner, you rely on a lot of people to keep things up and running. Hey, you're not the only one who'd like to kick your IT provider to the curb. Compel Consulting has become the most trusted source of computer services, pain-free. Compel works to eliminate the hassles and headaches that technology can bring, helping business owners increase productivity and make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Michigan State beat Michigan. Michigan has also lost to Indiana. Indiana, which Indiana's three and zero. Yeah, they are, and jumped Wisconsin in the polls, which is mind boggling. Undefeated Wisconsin at that. Yeah, Northwestern is three and zero. Um, Rutgers is one and two. Maryland beat Penn State. Penn State's zero and three. James Franklin said that they were you know title contenders this year. I don't think they're going to be making any titles. I'm wondering if they're they're now as happy as they are about pushing to play this year. (laughs) I know, right? As Maryland beats them. And now, Zach, we we saw it against Illinois. Mertz Mania, the Kansas Cannon, ran absolutely wild. Golden Graham. I'm sorry, your your hashtag, Golden Graham. Not mine, but yes. The one that you prefer. prefer. This Saturday, is Wisconsin still on to play the Michigan Wolverines? Well, we're going to get an update later this morning uh, from Wisconsin. I think, personally, I think there's some optimism that is that it is going to happen. Uh, Graham Mertz back in the building over the weekend, uh, uh, sending out a picture on his Instagram of uh, the clock t- uh, ticking down to f- to face Michigan. So I I would say I think he has a I think he's in the building. They got back to a little workouts on Friday, yeah, and uh, you know so. So hopefully we had the question earlier today if Graham Mertz isn't cleared because he needs 21 days, how is he going to travel with the team? But the only reason it's 21 days is because you can test negative for COVID-19 and be it be out of your system and gone. The 21 days is for the the heart issue. Correct. I forget what the, the starts with the Car- M. 
oh myocarditis, but that's I mean that's just one part of it. Yeah, but like just the ramping up period. He's clear. He was cleared to be back in the building. He had to have been cleared by a cardiologist to get back into work and, and start working out again. He had to be doing, and that came at 14 days, I think. Yes. So, I man, I so he's cleared. I, and I he's, don't I don't know this for sure, but, but I you assume, saw it on his Instagram. I assume. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I assume he uh, will be able to travel with the team even if he's not technically eligible to play that Friday because yeah. that would be day 21. Day 22 is Saturday. Because he's back practicing. L- we don't know condi- about practicing. Condi- conditioning. I assume, yes, I believe that would be the case because he, he, yeah. he has to get ramped back up. Okay, cool. So we'll see, hopefully, the golden gram. That was another part of the seven-day, yeah. you know, extending to 21 days to give them a ramp-up period. Wisconsin favored, uh, last time I checked, I think it was two and a half over the Michigan Wolverines. Should Wisconsin, with all this time off and shutting down their facilities – is Michigan a team that they should be worried about? We have no idea who's all going to be out for Wisconsin. That's a good I mean, point. They had, uh, what, how many guys? I, I think it's like 15. That, yeah, it was that, originally, that, what, 27, not down to 14 or 15? Right, but like the, some of that was including coaches oh, yeah. uh, and staff members. So I don't know the exact number of players that have had it since, you know, Graham Mertz obviously tested positive Saturday, but everybody after that would be out for this game. So we don't know, and, and we don't know exactly what that's going to look like and probably won't know until Saturday because I'm sure Wisconsin's not going to tell us. But, yeah, no, I mean, it is what it is. Um, if you couldn't see me, I put my head down on my mic and was dejected looking. We do. I mean, we do know that there are some starters that, were, that did test positive. So how many of those guys uh, are out? And I think that'll probably determine whether Michigan should be considered a, a problem. Michigan's still very talented. They have just not played very well, especially defensively. They are horrible uh in, in against the pass it's not good horrible like if if Grant Mertz has his guys if if Danny Davis is is still is good to go Kendrick Pryor Jake Ferguson all those guys if they're good to go I think Wisconsin should be able to throw the ball all over them well that's that's good news if they're good to go I'm excited to we see what happens because it's been we have not had a Badger Saturday I know we've said this many times we've not had a Badger Saturday since November November, November. was it number November 30th up in uh We've almost mid new a year. Yeah, with no Badger like, Saturday. I think what, it was November the Minnesota game. The Minnesota game. Wow. Um, looking at the Wisconsin Badgers and not knowing who's going to be out uh, though. Technically, I guess the Ohio State game. True. What your what is the Big Ten in your opinion? How would you even quantify it this year of what's happening? I can't like Maryland's two and one, Northwestern's three and zero, oh, Indiana's undefeated ahead of Wisconsin in the rankings. How would you quantify this year? Well, I would kind of look. I don't know. Thought about this before, but like just looking at the top of the standings right now, it's right. It's Ohio State, it's Indiana, it's Northwestern, it's Purdue. I think those are the those are the, yeah yeah right. Of the mind yeah. It's like kind of that one is one of these is not like the other. Kind of like the whole Sesame Street thing, uh-huh. uh, where you know Ohio State is not like the other three, where you know Ohio State is probably still easily the best team in the conference, but you have these other teams that have jumped up and grabbed some of the big boys from up top and pulled them back down. So I. Wisconsin is Wisconsin still the favorite in the West? They have to be. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson's catching up with us in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, markets were fairly firm yesterday, and it looks like they're firm overnight. There's some conversation in the marketplace, though, that in light of the election results, that China wants to start renegotiating all their Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3 agreements. So we'll find out if John's hearing that uh, to be the fact. Stick around. That's coming up. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri 
News Desk. Here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the 10th day of November. Did you know on this day, back in 1969, Sesame Street premiered on public television? It became the long-running American children's television series that I bet you and I enjoyed. And remember, because it was on public television, I think you had to have a special antenna on the back of your TV, one of those UHF kind of loop-de-doos. Remember that? What's your favorite Sesame character? Which one did you like? Was it Big Bird? Was it uh, Count Dracula? Which one was your favorite? Because I'll tell you, since 1969, you got a lot to choose from. Also, a couple other little interesting tidbits. On this day in 1940, Walt Disney started serving as an informer for the Los Angeles office of the FBI. His job was to report back information on Hollywood subversives. Walt Disney on this day in 1940. On this day in 1980, Dan Rather refused to pay his cabbie. So guess what? CBS kicked in a whole $12.55 for the fare. All right, there's a little something for you. Now you know. As we expected, Wisconsin farmers have made the most of this very enjoyable weather across the state. The latest update from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service shows as of Sunday, 78% of our grain had been harvested as far as corn. That's more than four weeks ahead of last year, 13 days ahead of our five-year average. The other item you note is in about a week's time, all of that corn moisture came down about two percentage points. They were estimating that everybody coming in around 18% moisture as of Sunday. 96% of our soybeans are done four weeks ahead of last year, 20 days ahead of our five-year average. 88% of the winter wheat has already emerged. That's four weeks ahead of last year, 11 days ahead of our five-year average, and already 84% of that winter wheat is in the good to excellent category. So some good news there as far as Wisconsin farmers are concerned. New face at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Yesterday, our Wisconsin Ag Secretary-designee, Randy Romanski, announced Eric Herbersberger as the new Assistant Deputy Secretary in the department. He'll join Romanski as well as Deputy Secretary Angela James as a leadership team. Herbersberger's got a lot of experience, master's degree in water resource management as well as a law degree for 25 years. He's been in state service most recently as a policy advisor to the secretary at the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. So again, Eric Herbersberger, the new assistant deputy secretary at DATCAP, along with the leadership team of uh, Deputy Secretary Angela James and, of course, our own secretary-designee, Randy Romanski. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, just around the corner. And speaking of just around the corner, tomorrow is Veterans Day. Here on the Farm Show, we always want to make sure we're saying thank you, but we also want to follow up with some of our veterans that found their way to Wisconsin agriculture. Josh Gramlin's got a story about one of those this morning. Matt Kiesling is a dairy farmer in Langlade County. They milk about 40 cows. They have 85 cows in total. And prior to Matt becoming a Wisconsin dairy farmer. He spent a couple of decades protecting our country. I was in the army from high school until about 2017 and for the first four years I was airborne cab scout, you know, hula hula young and hard charging and then I decided I needed some sort of vocation so I went into prime power where you're operating electrical power plants uh, across the globe. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the Iraq war started and I knew that I was going to stay in longer than originally anticipated so I went to officer candidate school and I became an engineer officer for the remainder of my career. Well, thank you for your service. I can't stress that enough. Uh, Tell me about the transition from the service 
to agriculture? How did that go? I decided, you know, through family discussions with my children as they were going into college, exiting high school, that uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have some sort of uh, answer to no one except for myself and my wife type of life Mm -hmm. after the service. And uh, once I hit around 20 years and retirement was on the cusp, I started, we had honed it down into agriculture. We really liked being out in the country. We wanted to do something with livestock, um, but I needed something that was year round. Uh, so dairy is where we kind of landed. As we researched, how do you get into agriculture? Not a lot of military experience transitions or translates into um, taking care of calves, milking cows, uh, dealing with feed, all the other aspects, or making a large capital purchase of land and machinery and equipment. So I decided I needed to find a route that gave me that experience as well as my desire. So I, I joined the dairy grazing apprenticeship, and I found a farm um, with a solid mentor that was close to retirement age in central Wisconsin. And being a lifelong Packers fan, it was a no-brainer. So uh, we ended up in north central Wisconsin, just below the North Woods, uh, where everyone vacations. So we get to enjoy the bald eagles, the deer eating the corn. And uh, cows out on pasture. (laughs) I love it. It sounds good. Well, what more could you want, right? You have five kids. First thing, they were probably excited to not move around all the time, have a central location, right? Correct. Yeah, we tried to establish that and homestead it in central Kansas where that was kind of the the farm. Um, But that was a big beef and wheat area. And that was two areas we decided not to get into as far as agriculture. So now that they've, they've all visited the farm, um, three of them are plan on working and being a part of the day-to-day operation of the farm, and the grandkids love it as well. New calves, mm. chickens, cats can't beat it, you know. <laughs> and there's always work. So if uh, if they're getting a little too rowdy, we just uh, give them a shovel and tell them to start moving something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more kids, the more help, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it, you said so, uh, three of your kids are planning on getting involved in the farm. What does the timeline look like for that? Right now, um, my oldest daughter, Roseanne, she's in the dairy grazing apprenticeship program and she has been hired on as so she is a full-time employee on the farm currently Um, so we have her on on the farm now working my daughter sarah she's still in high school but she's she's a part-time employee and she milks five days a week and takes care of calf records Um, so she's an integral part of our calf raising program and then my son jared he's in the air force currently um, in utah and he will join the farm uh, late 2021. So he's, we're under the two-year mark for him to, to be relocated. Um, his wife's a school teacher, so she's excited to get up here, and they love the outdoors. So they visit. This is their vacation spot, mm-hmm. and that's where they decided to join the farm as well. Army veteran turned Wisconsin dairy farmer Matt Kiesling, Matt and his family, have 40 cows that they milk, 85 cows in total on their farm in Langlade County, I was able to speak with Matt back in the front part of 2020 before any of the pandemic stuff began, and he actually took over the farm fully in July of this year. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Nice story. Thanks, Josh. And by the way, speaking of veterans, dairy farmers through Dairy Management Incorporated, along with Domino's and the Wounded Warrior Project, are offering 50% off pizzas this week for our veterans and their families. Uh, The way that you activate the coupon is by using Domino's app. If you've never done it before, it's no big deal. At the end, when you're checking out, just put app 50 as you check out, and you should get the 50% discount. We've got that story up at MidwestFarmReport.com if you want to take a look. 
Markets and overnight electronic activity are still holding firm. December corn is up three at 411. November beans are up two at 1107. January beans up a full seven at 1118. July wheat, three cents stronger right now at 606. Barrel cheese on Monday dropped 10 and three quarter cents to 221. 40 pound block cheese down a nickel at 229 and a quarter. While double A butter went up three and a quarter cents at 146 and a quarter. December milk is 36 cents higher at 1906 on the close. January milk up 54 cents, 1779 a hundredweight. So there was a rumor yesterday that China already wants to start renegotiating their packages. Uh, is that something that's really happening or just a rumor? Talking about it next with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Gear up for winter with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We have everything you need to keep your animals fed and dry over the winter months, like 50-pound bags of Agrimaster IPA3 non-medicated calf milk replacer. It's formulated to help promote a healthy immune system. On sale, $62.99. Maintain overall health for the horse you care for with ProForce Fuel and ProForce Senior Horse Feed from Neutrina. Now $3 off. Take $2 off Stanley products. And Black Friday comes early in our ag department, November 13th through November 15th, with these great deals. Equistock Swift Pick Pinewood Shavings Bedding. Buy two, get one free. 55-pound bags of all-stock multi-purpose feed, just $5.99. And stock up on 50-pound bags of Agrimaster 16% layer pellets or crumbles. Buy three, get one free. And remember, you can buy online and pick your items up in our drive-thru. You won't even need to get out of your car. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. This year, we've made over $53 million in paycheck protection loans. This kept more than 5,200 people employed at 225 businesses. We're committed to helping business build a better future. To learn more, go to SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. In Windsor and Madison. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh, so many things to talk about this morning, not the least of which, of course, weather. John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us live. Any rain in that West Bend area yet this morning, John? Not yet this morning, but it sounds like it's going to be a little more this afternoon, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, so that stretch is over. Uh, weather is not really much of a factor in the markets, unless, I suppose, we look farther south where that repetitive hurricane streak keeps pounding folks. 
Yeah, for the most part, you know, the, we're getting through harvest 90% plus on both groups. Now, all the, in terms of weather in the markets, the biggest focus is what's happening in South America. Right, right. Let's go back to uh, the election, which I say go back to, but I'm not sure that we've got all the resolution we're looking for. There was a rumor yesterday that China's already talking about trying to renegotiate some of the phase, quote unquote, agreements. What are you hearing? Is it just a rumor? Or have we actually seen traction on that? Well, it came out as an, in an article yesterday, some comments already being made by some members of the leadership over there that they may want to reach out to President Biden to look at uh, possibly renegotiating the phase one deal. You know, some of the targets in their minds are pretty lofty, and then they would like to maybe find maybe more, uh, using direct quotes, a rational, more unilaterally minded type deal. It's going to be something that I'm not. I don't think anybody's surprised that we saw some reach out in that regard, given how things were all put together as that deal was uh, done. You know, right now they are strongly in our markets, but they're you know they will buy on their sense of needs versus you know requiring targets. And and right now, even with the activity, they're still about 65% behind their phase one deal targets. So we've got about 65% of them met. Excuse me. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But right, most feel here in the United States, at least through U.S. trade organizations, that there's no chance that this will happen. Uh, President or President-elect Biden didn't want to come across as being soft on China, immediately stepping into that type of a deal. Plus, obviously, we got a lot of things that need to be taken care of here in, in their minds in the first place. But don't be shocked that we see something down the road that, uh, you know, well into the tenure here that we could see something come together, at least where maybe we can find something that works a little bit better overall. Biggest thing is at least they're in the markets right now, and that's been a big driving force in the prices of most of these ag commodities here over the last handful of months. Well, and that begs the question, $11 beans, really? Well, I'm starting to think about the possibility that this is not done in this window. You know, we got USDA supply demand today, and that's going to be something we're going to be closely watching. We're talking carryover coming down to about 230, 240 million bushels. That's going to be the lowest in almost 15 to 20 years, and especially in this time window. Typically, we see that maybe in the summer as we kind of draw down. So this market right now, we're in the $11 plus window here. And if you go look at some of the history time frame, we don't spend a lot of time between 11 and 12 we're either here and reversing or we're on our way through uh so i still got some optimism in this bean market and if we see those numbers that we're looking at today uh you know we very well could still be in the building process of this soybean rally so that's going to be very key to watch today and and then what also happens with some of the trade numbers the export numbers there what do they how do they move those around because obviously we have been aggressively selling u.s beans and we're also starting to aggressively ship those beans so that's encouraging overall and then the last couple of weeks with brazil stepping in the the market and actually taking some delivery on beans, you know, when an importer or an exporter becomes an importer, that definitely signals that there's something going on on the global scale. Yeah. And do we have a better fix on what's shaken in Brazil? Is it their currency? Is it truly that they're, they're exhausted as far as uh, supplies? What is the story there? They've had a tendency in the past, they've done it more in the corn market than beans, but you know, China was aggressively taking those beans over the summer. They they were well ahead of their you know, ship, shipping paces for previous years, and basically it looks like they have run out to the point that you know some of these crushers and, and feed producers in their country are still looking for supplies, and right now because of the currency issues and current price levels, U.S. beans actually fit the bill, and they're not going to take a lot, but just the, like I said, the pure fact that they've become an importer on on beans as well as they're going to probably be picking up some corn here definitely you know has helped our prices 
And we talk about the sales made to China, but then there are the deliveries. Are they following through on delivery of everything that they've promised to buy? At this point, we're seeing aggressive shipments on beans. We're pushing over the 2 million metric ton a week totals, which is encouraging to see even closer to the mid-2.5 million area. You know, that's what we want to see. We want to see those bean numbers going out. So our shipment pace is above multi-year levels, obviously back to the 2014, 15, 16 windows. So we're getting these beans moving, and that's, again, keeping that support of the market. The weather in Brazil, when it was dry at the beginning, moved their planning pace back. So a lot of these beans that they've bought late here will be for January delivery. Typically, Brazil's already starting to do harvest towards the end of January into early February and has fresh supplies. Because of the later start, they're going to be a little bit later on the harvest overall. Plus, obviously, there's still just some weather questions on there. They're still going to have a good crop, and there's still going to be a lot of beans coming to the market sometime this winter. But at this stage right now, it opens the door for us being the global supplier here for soybeans, not just to China, but the rest of the world as well. Hmm, Interesting. Good story kind of hopefully developing there. I'm wondering what the story developing is on dairy, though, John. Continuing to see that barrel and black cheese adjust downward. Now, that we been talking about for literally months. I'm just wondering how far we're going to go, how fast. Yeah, it's been a pretty aggressive correction. Obviously, last week losing almost 40 cents and, and just really seeing that prices tumble. You know, again, here it comes back to possibly the election. What happens longer term there? The Farmers Family Food Box elevated those front month prices. And now that that may be moving to the back burner, uh, you know, now we're maybe see a little bit more stability overall. We still have fairly ample production. We still have decent supplies out there at this stage. And right now it looked like it was starting to hit a ceiling about a, you know, a week or so ago. And sure enough, those prices rolled over. So now it's going to come back to a little bit more maybe stable supply demand side of the equation. So that does have me pretty concerned here. Hopefully we can find some traction again on these cheese prices. But you know we're probably going to try to get them back down to that $2 level, maybe get a little more normal uh, in terms of where it is according to history. So we'll have to see. But right now it does look a little bit negative in terms obviously definitely negative in its trend uh, as we've seen those prices come tumbling back very, very quickly. John Heinberg, along with us, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. I got about 30 seconds left, John. Dairy Margin Coverage Program, we got to remember to get signed up for that. Any other tools that you find particularly helpful right now to protect our dairy producers? Well, you know, again, keep those strategies in play that build that floor in that the margin protection program has been very, very good, as well as, you know, just using put strategies and especially in these front months that get elevated like they are. There's still a lot of premium from December into the 2021 contracts. It's been difficult to get started out there because of the price value. uh, But you got to be able to put a baseline floor in somewhere and keep that top side open because it's still going to be a lot of unanswered questions in the next few months. Absolutely. Thank you, John. We'll catch up with you next week. Much appreciate it. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, right over there in the West Bend area, ready to help you out if you've got some questions or you you don't know what direction to go. I mean, honestly, given the things that we've had to overcome in the marketplace these days, uh, it would not be outside of the realm of possibility you might be looking at, not necessarily just using new tools, but also listening to a brand new voice. And John is right there. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. This is the Mid-